Hey guys, and welcome to the Coffee and Turner Syndrome podcast. My name is Brooke. Pour yourself your favorite cup of coffee, and let's hop into today's episode. Hi guys, welcome back. I have a very special guest today. I have Heather on with me. And we're going to be chatting, and I'm super excited to hear her story, so I will let her introduce herself. Hi, um, yes, I'm Heather, and I was diagnosed with Turner syndrome literally from birth. Um, I'm 30 years old. Uh, My birthday comes in April, so I'm an Aries. (laughs) Very nice. Man, I am just getting to talk to so many people close to my age. I turned 30 on the 14th. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. So first and foremost, I'm always intrigued to hear the story of how you were diagnosed. Okay. Yes. Um, my mom, she had some like problems in her pregnancy with me. So it like her stomach wasn't measuring like it should. So, um, the doctor did, you know, ultrasounds and they saw, you know, water behind the neck. And so they didn't, at that time, like in the early nineties, they didn't know exactly what, what was the cause of it. So they told my mom, it could either be uh, down syndrome, uh, spina bifida, I could, you know, either born blind or deaf, missing a limb. So they really didn't know what it actually was. And they wanted my mom to um, cancel out the pregnancy. But my mom and my dad was like, no. So later on, after I was, they rushed me um, all the way and like all these specialists. And um, so they took me to a cardiac doctor and to kidney doctors and every doctor you can imagine. And they came back and said, yes, indeed, I did have um, Turner syndrome. And, uh, and they said that's pretty much the best outcome that could have been out of all the things they said I could have had. Um, so it was really interesting growing up with, with having, like, I've always known my mom never kept anything from me when it came to that. So throughout my life, um, you know, she just would tell me why I had to go to a heart doctor every three to six months, why I had to go to a kidney doctor. Um, and the, at first, I didn't really understand what it was. So as I, you know, got older, I, I would just hang out with friends and I was just doing just fine. But I always noticed I was always short, shortest one in my class. And I said I was like the short, I was always the shortest one in my class. And I um, never like started puberty like everybody else did. And so I, I always, like I said, I always knew why that was, but I, as it didn't hit me until I got older and I realized like this, I'm different, you know, in a way, you know, I just, I didn't add up to my friends. I couldn't really talk to my friends about, I guess, you know, things that a normal, like a, a woman would go through around that age. Um, and of course I got the, oh, you're so lucky. And I was like, well, I feel different. Not so much lucky at that point. And so, um, yeah, coming from like the early nineties, they really didn't have any, like at that time, turn from society or anything, nor did they know of anything like that. So, um, as it went on and I was, I was like, I need to talk to other people around my age or I have what I have because, you know, I always felt like nobody really understood me. And I tried to talk to friends, but they just didn't get it. And so I, you know, begged my doctors and I researched and did everything I could to try to find other people to contact with. And um, finally I got success with it, finally. But it was hard because my teachers always yelled at me, like, 
you need to do, you have to do your work with you. You can't, you can't just, you know, take off every three, six months. Why you keep, where are you going? Why you keep taking off? And I got so frustrated. I'm like, I don't want to go to the doctors every three, six months anymore. <laughs> yeah. I totally get that. We yeah. actually have very similar stories. Um, it was also fluid in the back of my neck that was, while my mom was pregnant with me, that was what red flagged for them. And they also thought it was possibly spina bifida. Um, however, they did an amniocentesis and that was what gave them my diagnosis of Turner syndrome. So that's really interesting. The 90s, the early 90s were definitely a very new time for finding things out about it. Um, (laughs) I know my mom's told me that she had gotten told about some support groups, maybe. I don't know if it was specifically for those with Turner's or like a generic genetic condition support group or something. I think maybe it was specific to Turner's, but I'm not sure. But as I got older was when I kind of started trying to create community what were some of the ways that you started working on that? Cause you talked about how big of a difference it made and it did for me too. What were some of the ways you did it? I just kept bugging my doctors and asked them if they knew anything. I went online when, you know, when online was accessible, (laughs) like they got better over the years, the internet did. So I'm like, I'm gonna keep researching this. I got something in the mail and I believe it was from the Trinitarian Society. And so at that time I called them and I was like, do you guys know any, like, who I can talk to other girls like me? They're like, sorry, we don't, we don't, we don't have that. We don't do that kind of thing. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I just kept talking to my endocrinologist. And finally, as I was leaving um, the office one day, she came running towards me and like, wait, I just gave this to you. I'm glad you're still here. And she handed me like, I don't know how many papers about the TSSUS. And she handed it to me. And so I called them up and they automatically linked me to a whole bunch of girls and they just kept calling me. <laughs> my phone kept ringing like, hi, I heard you need to talk. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. So was it mostly in person or online that you would talk to others? At first it was online. Like it was just like over the phone and things like that. Um, then they told me about the groups and stuff. So I started adding myself into groups and then I got a whole bunch of girls just flooding into you know my Facebook. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then I, I at that time, I was like, a little, as a couple, like a year went on, I was like, I need to actually meet somebody in person, you know? So I actually met a few, a few sisters um, yeah, in person. That's awesome. So, and I totally feel what you said about not wanting to go to the doctor every three to six months anymore. That (laughs) I think was when I was younger, probably the biggest way I struggled with Turner's was I didn't have anything actively super wrong. And it just, I don't know, it, it added to feeling off or feeling weird to have to go that often. And I don't know. How, how did you work through that? I, I don't think I actually really ever did. <laughs> I just remember like screaming at my mom because I was like a child. So I was like screaming at mom, like I'm not going, I would hide under my bed. And because 
I kept asking my mom, like, why do I have to go, but my cousins, you know, my family never have to, like, they never have to go to school like I do. And because I, I would talk to my cousins, you know, and they were like, oh, why, you know, we don't have to miss school like that. And I was just like, well, I don't want to either. <laughs> so, but at the end of it, my hat, you know, I was forced to go. So, and then, um, cause we had to go out like an hour out of town, if not a little bit longer than that. Uh, we had to leave like uh, five o'clock in the morning and we, you know, we were spent all day over there um, because, you know, we didn't have a car at the time. So we had to just take any medical transportation that we could. And they were like the highest specialist that I've been seeing since I was born. So my mom's like, no, you gotta go. <laughs> and I told her I was getting complaints from the teachers, even with a, you know, an a excuse, you know, absence excuse, they were told they were still yelling at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hard. So the teachers weren't understanding about you needing to be gone for that. Yeah. You know, I think it's what it comes down to. Not a lot of people know about turns room. And when I was in high school, I felt like it was time to really just just tell people. Um, so I wrote like a like a little essay on um, on my teacher's computer as my. And she literally told me the next day, I'm sorry, but I read your little thing you wrote on my on my computer. And she goes, I never knew what turnstone was. She goes, I didn't even know you even had that. I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, don't use that excuse because yeah, you might have some learning disabilities with it, but you can def you, know, you you get what you put into it. My my high school teacher told me. So she goes, You will be learning this. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that that push can be helpful. Yeah. So, so had she heard of Turner syndrome before then? No. Okay. Not until she read my whole thing I wrote. <laughs> okay. Yes. That's interesting. So did you have anything in particular that you, um, like resources that you had in school that kind of helped? Um, I don't know about you, but math is my worst enemy. And <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> no, I needed all the help in that department I could get. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I was in a special education program, like a severe special ed education program. Um, so I, my teacher would sit down with me at one on one every few days and help me if I needed help. She had a teacher's aide that would sit there and come over and help me as well. Uh, she would do like she would break down the problems on the, the um, on the board and stuff like that. But you know, my education that I had was kind of bad because they put me in like the same boat as like other, you know, like with severe, more severe disabilities. And because, you know, they couldn't learn timetables, I got held back from learning timetables just because majority of my class could not learn it. <laughs> so, yeah. so do you feel like the help you were able to get for that in school, do you feel like her knowing about Turner's versus not knowing, like, was it a, was there a major difference before she knew versus after? Oh yeah, she understood um, why I was, you know, had him in school. She would ask me how I'm doing, um, you know, uh, she understood why, uh, you know, sometimes when I was in school, they needed a, you know, they had a fibrillator and I did gym and, um, because I had, you know, they said I had prolonged LQT due to taking growth hormones, um, my heart, my, my uh, cardiologist told me, which I never heard about that before. So she told me that. So, yes, it, 
it, I, I feel like it was more awareness of, okay, you know, take care of yourself. If you had to go to doctors, I understand why, you know, don't, you know, pretty much she just, she kind of let me, you know, if I need to go to doctors, let me, she just let me go. So what would you say health-wise is the biggest impact Turner's has had for you? Um, just, you know, um, I would say try to, you know, get over certain humps with turns in room, like, you know, coping with, you know, one day starting a family, <laughs> you know, that, you know, it will be, you know, trying to overcome that, like, you know, sometimes it's, my days are better than others, like, oh, well, some days I'm like, oh, it's fine, I'll, I could just adopt, like, it's no big deal, and then other days I'm just like, well, you know, I really would like to, you know, have a child that's like, I, you know, it's from me, so it, it's, it flip-flops, so that's probably the biggest struggle I have, that in, of course, learning math. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah, that is, I think just because that struggle is a mental one, not a, like, well, it is physical, but the, I don't know, the processing is just different. There's a much greater mental aspect to it. Yeah. And it just hits you harder than some of the other stuff. Um, and for me, it really tied into, like, it started as early as puberty, I think, for me, because I did have that same experience where, you know, I'd get the, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd get the, oh, you're so lucky you don't have to deal with having a cycle thing. And I'm like, I don't feel lucky. I feel like an alien, but okay. Yeah, exactly how I felt. And yeah, I got that all the time. And I'm like says yourself <laughs> yeah I think part of that for me why I struggled with that and I didn't feel lucky was I couldn't untie it from what having kids was going to look like and you know at that time I didn't know if that was an indicator of what that was going to be for me yeah yeah so it kind of was just more of a reminder of that potential rather than a oh good I don't have to worry about it right now yeah I mean now that I've had it I understand <laughs> and I do you know I can appreciate that but yeah <laughs> oh, yeah it's like I don't care about the whole you know other aspects that come with you know be able to have kids kind of just skip all that and just go to be able to have kids <laughs> yeah like I probably would have completely been able to feel that I was lucky to not have to deal with it until I was, I mean, it was at least two or three years past most of my friends before I started my cycle. And if I knew I wouldn't have to worry about infertility because of it, I probably would have been able to feel lucky. Yeah. Cause it I wasn't, it wasn't that part of it. It wasn't the physically having it, although feeling normal by having it was nice, but yeah, I can definitely understand that. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird how like different things, like different parts of life, it hits you differently. Yes. yes. Yeah. And I think age for me has been a big thing, like being able to process at each different age what it looks like for me. Yeah. Do you, do you think there's anything specific you would have told yourself when you were younger, knowing what you know and having experienced what you've experienced now? Um, 
yeah, just, you know, just uh, be careful like, of certain things that I have done in my life because, like, I've had to get a job coach and I've looked at been looked at differently. Certain people that I've told um, that I've worked with, they looked at me differently because, I, you know, I think there's a stigma with the word syndrome, which is totally ridiculous. So I would let myself know, like, you know, not everybody's going to be understanding and going to understand, you know, that word. So just don't, like, you know, like, be open, but don't be careful with who, you know, at certain points of my life. And, and that, you know, what I go through is not the typical norm that, that some people experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Deciding who, or if to tell people, um, is always an interesting thing because, I encourage sharing your story. I think it's amazing. It's incredible. And there's no value you can put to being able to hear other stories. Um, but on the other hand, I think there's a reason that we get nervous for it. Yeah. You know, and I know for me, I didn't until I was so much older. Um, I was... I was married before I ever put that I had it even on the internet. Um, oh. Yeah, I told a few close friends before then, but mostly it was just my family and those few friends. I didn't make a huge thing of telling a bunch of people. Um, what was your experience? It sounds like you had a very interesting one at a job. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, yeah, like, like I had a job coach because they were there to help people with disabilities and, and I always felt like I didn't need that because I, you know, I don't, I feel like because, only because yes, term syndrome is a syndrome. I, I feel like that doesn't inhabit us from knowing how to like fill an application out and like to get a job of, of our own. So I felt a little weird about that, but I tried it and people would ask me like, why do you need a job coach for, you know? you seem pretty, you know, okay. And I was, you know, I was like, oh, I am, <laughs> you know, I was like, I just have certain syndrome. I said, and, you know, I'm just trying this out basically right now. Um, Cause you know, that just part of things that are accessible to me with, you know, I guess for help. And at that point they just start talking to me differently. Like they actually talk down to me as if I was like a child. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then they find out like what was wrong. They, you know, why I had a job coach. They just kind of talk down to me. And I could tell, like, the way they talked to me versus talking to the other employees, they just looked at me all weird and talked to me differently. Um, another job I worked at, um, I had it in my paperwork and, you know, everything down, like, in my, you know, it's private work, you know, paperwork. And I guess the owner of where I worked, I guess, blabbed, you know, that I have turns in room. And this one lady um, came up to me and asked me if I would want to um, give her, you know, talk to her granddaughter or or daughter or someone like that in her family because they were in college, I, I, I guess, learning about different disabilities or whatever. And she wanted to interview me about trans syndrome because she never heard about it. And somehow we got around my job that, um, that I had trans syndrome. <laughs> and I'm just kind of scratching my head, like how that happened. I didn't just really nilly tell everybody. So <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. That would definitely be something that would make me go, I need to be here then. Yeah. That's yeah. hard. 
So have you found um, most people have been really great and encouraging when you've shared? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I definitely, um, I definitely have more people understanding me more than not. Um, I've talked to people and they looked at me, they're like, um, like my one coworker, she looked at me and she's like, okay, you might have syndrome, but I can tell you right now, I, I don't, there's nothing wrong with you. So stop blabbing that around. I was like, okay. She's like, you almost like using it as an excuse. I'm like, no, really. <laughs> so yeah, I've had people just look at me like, you're, you're, you, you don't look any different to me. Like, I don't know why you told me that. I'm like, you look fine. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I know. I think it being so varying and diverse. Yeah. I've always thought the syndrome aspect of it, while I can see why it's what's used, it's also like, I don't feel like it explains it as well. Yeah. Because I've always looked at Turner syndrome since I've researched more and understood it better. I've always seen it much more as a spectrum. Yeah. I can agree with that. It's, it's just something that's way too varying. You know, I, I have to catch myself with not judging myself almost when I compare the symptoms and it can be a little bit of a humbling moment when <laughs> you're looking at the WebMD description and comparing if your nails turn up or something, you know, like all of those weird, small, crazy things they say happens. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's just not enough. I feel like not enough knowledge um so I think it's really great with that more more women are coming forward on YouTube and just different platforms I, I, I've seen people you know having blogs now like not you know actual blo uh, bo uh, blogs so that's pretty good I, I, like, I think that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah it's so great um I think the biggest thing I've heard from people is the research part of it is one thing but just having more people even know what it is if you say the word Turner syndrome is so important oh yes oh yeah because I feel like everybody else knows everything else is but when you say Turner syndrome they're like huh <laughs> I never heard of that before like when somebody thought somebody thought well, once I was making a joke and they laughed at me and I'm like that's not I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the truth I'm not making a joke <laughs> yeah 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 I think and even within the scariest part for me has been even within the medical community. Oh yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had that experience of having a doctor, like, cause I've had to go to urgent care for ear infections. So it's been a doctor I don't normally see. And I've had yeah. them ask me, what's, what's Turner syndrome again? Yeah. I have, I had, I literally printed out like so many papers and I gave it to um, one doctor that I went to, and she was like, "Oh yeah, thank you for that." She goes, "I you know I, I remember doing this at, when I was in college, but it's good to have a refresher because you know I haven't been able, I haven't dealt with anybody who has this." So I mean, did she read it? I really don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Um, but like, I feel like I learned more about transgender as time goes on because like I fell and I got a blood clot, and then I found out that you know, I have small veins. So of course I, I asked around, I looked online and actually it's one of the things that is like known for us to have is like very small veins. 
um yeah and I was like even that shocked me I'm like how I I didn't know this you know so I, I yeah it's definitely important for like a knuckle folks to know because there's a lot of things that even us who have it don't even know <laughs> yeah yeah it's and and to some extent I can understand why you know like it it can feel like it's really rare which it, to some extent yes but if you think about the bigger numbers it's not as rare as I think we feel like um yeah. but even my so the pediatrician that my parents were taking my brothers to when my mom got pregnant with me when they got the diagnosis my mom called him and told him okay got another one coming to you and um <laughs> she has it's a girl after three boys it's finally a girl and um she has turner syndrome and he kind of was like oh okay and she goes do you know what that is and he goes yes but i'm gonna need to refresh my memory i'm gonna need to re-up my game on it and i'll call you back but yes don't worry i will do my research and remind myself like i will i will get back on top of that and because of his diligence in catching that that way he had several specialists at the hospital the minute I was born that took me and looked me over and it's just incredible what that little mindset of seeking awareness can do oh yeah for sure I think we need a lot more of it we're not it's not it's not done with you know research and with knowing it's totally not done yet it's just beginning I feel yes absolutely <laughs> Did the doctors, when you were born, did they know what Turner syndrome was before that? Um, I think they did because they're like the highest specialist. Um, so I think they already did because they did like all these tests on me the minute I was born. So they told my mom that I had a correctation of the aorta. So I had to, I had to get checked on that all the time. Um, they told my mom about my horseshoe kidneys. And um, yeah, so they, they, after my mom woke up from the surgery you know because she had a c-section um they told her everything that they found with doing their you know um medical exams and tests on me and so that definitely helped and i was already six kids so i would always go to the hospital throughout my whole childhood uh, from ear infections and you know surgeries um yeah like i feel like one time i went to the, the hospital with a cold and they're like, okay, you know, you're fine. Just a cold. Go home, you know, get some rest and you should be fine. That's okay. But the next day I was dehydrated. I had upper toy infection. I had a UTI. <laughs> like it was just a whole thing. I go back to the hospital and the doctor that saw me prior comes in because he, he got called in. He comes in and, go, and checks me over. He's like, you were not like this yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. That fun immune system issues yeah. yeah and they were like puzzled and they were like how how did this even happen like if you were like this yesterday we wouldn't let you go home and i'm like um turner syndrome this happens to me all the time <laughs> yeah oh man i know i had <laughs> i went to the urgent care i didn't know for sure if i had an ear infection or not but i get them so easily and my ear was hurting bad enough i was like I want to make sure I don't want to let this go yeah. too far. You know, and the doctor was just so baffled by how small my ear canals were. 
and so distracted by that. And I'm like, dude, look at the rest of me. It's in proportion for one. Two, it says I have Turner syndrome if you read my chart. That should tell you something. Yeah. It makes you think, like, did they actually read their charts before they come in the bed and into, like, the room? I know. <laughs> it's like a quick skim or something. And I think part of that is a product of when you're not a specialist, you're not focusing on that in your education in school. So, like your doctor said, you know, she had to remind herself. She yeah. remembered it from college, but she had to remind herself. When you're not focused on that it's easy to have things like that slip under or not be something that you're as well versed on and that's the biggest reason I feel like more understanding within the medical community is so important because you could miss something more serious than whether I had an ear infection or not you know yeah. oh yeah if I agree. If you don't know what you're looking for. I mean, that sounds super like doomsday scary to think about, but I don't know. I That's what I think about. And that's why it always gets to me when I think about a doctor at an emergency room, not knowing enough to catch those things. Yeah, for sure. But, for sure. So it sounds like you've had a few of the health complications. Yeah. What yeah. would you say was the biggest one? Um, ear infections, like crazy, for sure. Um, that led to a lot of scar tissue and almost um, going deaf. You know, uh, like four or so, maybe even five, I had to have a speaker up to my ear. And, um, you know, cause I couldn't hear the TV. So I got tubes put in my ears to fix with that. Um, I had a kidney surgery when I was two. Um, but that, so, you know, it, it, just, it was just a whole thing. Just a whole thing. So what was, what was the kidney surgery like? Is there any lasting effects from that? I have a big scar on my side. Yeah. It was, a, it, it took about, I think like two to three hours surgery at only two years old. Yeah. Wow. Um, the, the, the tubing was pinched in the middle, so they had to go in there and fix it. Yeah. Did you have to have surgery for the coarctation? No, no. Um, when I hit about 12, 13 years old, they said it, it just, it repaired, like it's gone. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And my, my cardiologist was like shocked. Yeah. Do you still get it checked really frequently? Um, once a year. I went from every three to six months to one year. So okay. I'm like, okay, this is more doable. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's been, that's been pretty, you know, I, I learned a lot throughout that process and it, it's, it, it was, you know, I'm, I gotten better since I'm older, you know, I'm not like as sick as, you know, when I was a kid, but it was a ride. <laughs> it was a long ride. Yeah. That's, oh man. Um, I remember the first time I went to an endocrinologist going through all of the testing. It, yeah that almost scared me more than like what WebMD says. Cause I'm like, this is a lot. Yeah. 
I, I know there's like, you know, like a Wikipedia on it. And I was trying to read, like, read it. I know people, like, I know it's a thing where people can actually, like, edit it to their own, to their own liking. So I'm, like, looking through it to make sure it's accurate. Because I was going to, like, completely, like, go back, go in there and, like, refix it all. <laughs> like, okay. But it seemed like it was made by another transgender woman. Because there's accurate information on there. So I'm like, okay, this passes. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. It's, oh, man. It's hard because you want to get as much understanding as you can, but it's just like, like the doctors, when they saw the diagnosis, well, even before they knew what it was, they gave my parents a less than 1% chance of me even living. And had they had the mindset of, not all of this is guaranteed. We don't know enough to know for sure what's going to happen. I I think looking back, they wouldn't have been as doomsday as they were because so much of what you see is so scary. Oh, yeah. They, they told my mom that, you know, that my, the pregnancy might not even last, you know, and that she should just, you know, get rid of it anyways. And that's like, I know that's like a common theme with a lot of us is that, you know, the women's moms have been told or the parents have been told to just terminate the pregnancy, that it's going to go nowhere, you know? And so I feel like, like, you know, that, again, you know, that's definitely lack of knowledge because, I mean, clearly, yes, I, you know, at that time, my mom didn't even know that it was only 1% chance. Like they didn't even tell her it was that rare to make it to actual birth. Um, so as, as I got older and I realized that and I, I saw it around the community, I was like, really? Because I never was told that. None of, no, none of the doctors ever told my mom that. They're just like, yeah, just terminate the pregnancy. <laughs> it can be one of these things. Just let it go. Yeah. Um, when they found the fluid, because it was, mine was not just in the back of my neck, but it was also in my chest cavity. Oh. So they were even more concerned because they're like, there's no way her organs are going to develop enough for her to survive. So to some extent, yes, they were right. Had the fluid not done what it did and dissipated, gone back to where it should have been, I easily wouldn't have made it. There's, you know, that's, that's a fair assessment that if this does not change, it's fatal. However, they left no room for it changing. And when it did, they were hard pressed to believe it. And they did also push termination on my parents. And um, so then when the fluid had shifted at the last minute, they were like, no. And the doctors actually apologized later for pushing it so hard. They, um, they used the verbiage with my parents. Like they told my mom, if you don't terminate now, we can't keep you from delivering a dead baby. And that's really harsh language to use in that scenario. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just, yeah, <laughs> you know, my my mom and my dad fought really hard. They told my, the doctors to basically just 
they use choice words with the doctors <laughs> and, you know, tell them, you know, just be gone. And uh, my mom said she would walk to the library, write any books, uh, used any type of computer that was back in that time and just did any research she could possibly do and find. And, um, yeah. Did they, they ever, did they ever find a doctor that was more helpful? Um, yeah. Uh, like the, the specialists were pretty well they you adverse in what it was uh, my mom tried to get more doctors I was closer to town as I got older and so we walked into my pediatrician and he walks in the room he's like he's like oh you have children don't you and my mouth dropped and I'm like huh like that never happened to me before I always had to tell you to them I have children syndrome He's like, oh yeah, your neck is webbed, your short, your fingers are shorter, you can't, you know, your fingers are even puffy. He goes, you're short. He goes, you have turn syndrome. <laughs> it's like, yes. I'm like, you're good. He's like, thank you. And he just, I kept him ever since when I was still out until I had a, you know, age out of a pediatrician. I was so sad. <laughs> I was so sad. <laughs> but I was like, if I can find a doctor as an adult, like and as adverse as he was, I'd be good, you know. A lot of them should learn from him because not everybody's like him and knows, you know. And yeah. it's kind of sad that pediatrician would know versus a adult doctor for adults. Yeah. And even within specialists, like the different experiences I've had with endocrinologists, I don't know about you, but I've had a few as an adult. Mm -hmm. Like I had a really great pediatric endocrinologist. Um, but as an adult, I've had such a wide, like so many different experiences depending on who the doctor was with a specialist yeah yeah it, it's definitely like you know every time i every time i have to go to the doctors i always got to tell them you know new new doctors i see um no matter who it is I'm like yeah you know this is what i have because I, I can't wait for the days where i don't have to do that anymore you know it, it'd be great <laughs> yes that will be yeah. Very nice. Would yeah. you say that's the biggest way you find yourself having to advocate for yourself at the doctors is just making sure they're aware? Oh, yes. Um, if they asked me, what is that? I would, you know, because I went to an echinologist and he was floored. I mean, he took pictures of my hands because of how small my fingers were. Yeah. He was, he's like, I never saw it before. Take a picture. He got to take a picture of your hands so I can like, you know, use it for comparison going forward. And other people that I might have that I turn to know this way I can, you know, I can have it for further reference. I'm like, sure. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had such stark experiences. One, my first adult endocrinologist was up on all of the current research, up on stuff people were trying. And she was like, we can try whatever you want. We can adjust anything you want. Like we're, we're so down to try things and see what works for you. And she was so current on her knowledge of the research and everything. And then I go to a different one after I had to move and she brushes aside that my medicine was hurting my stomach. And I'm like, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What was your doctor? Huh? Well, go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say, like, a lot of the doctors, they know what I can't take because of the heart condition I have. 
more than they know about like turns into itself yeah what was your experience like with um growth hormones and then hrt did you do hrt (laughs) um I did. I, I used to. <laughs> um, when I first went on growth hormone, uh, that was a day. I had to go back and it's the same, you know, town that I would go into some other specialist. And um, this endocrinologist was like, you know, come on, we're, you know, at least she talked me into taking the growth hormone. And I was like, you know, of course, like young. So I'm like, no needles. So I don't want that. Like, no. And she's like, well, come on, just try it. If you don't like it, you can get off of it. I'm like, fine so we drive like again an over an hour to the to the town uh westchester in new york and um i would go over there and we were there the whole day so we finally got my um my shot but i was (laughs) i was so scared of it i ran to my mom and i clinged her and like okay you can go get your mom and we'll give you the shot i'm like okay so they did it in my arm and the whole day i had to lug around you know like a like a cooler with little vials of the growth hormone and extra hypodermic needles just going around the, for like in, you know hours just walking around with it in this cooler <laughs> oh my god so we got things to get home oh yeah oh yeah and now uh, i it actually didn't work for me um my growth was not any faster it was still slow and um you know i i still you know I, I feel like it, it might have helped me get to 411. I might, I feel like I might have been small, certainly short, you know, than I am now, but I didn't feel like it really helped me per se, personally, um, as it has helped other people that I've noticed. But with me, it was just like, no. And I think it was part of my genetics because I have a lot of short people in my family anyway. <laughs> so I think my genetics were like, no, don't make me get taller. She's meant to be short anyway. <laughs> And with um, HRT, I took that when I was about 14 till I was 16. And that wreaked havoc on like the whole mental and physical aspect because I became like almost like a rebel when I was at that age. Like I would talk back to my mom. I even like smacked her one time. And then I quickly realized like, oh no. And I just apologized. She got all upset with me. And I got punished for smacking her, obviously. But it was just, it was the whole growth, you know, it was the whole um, HRT, you know, that was wreaking. Re- I don't know if it was like too much for me. If, you know, I feel like it was more bearable when I took the patches versus the pill. Because when I took the pill, I feel like it just had more of an impact on everything at once. And my body didn't know how to handle it. But I did get a lot of um, body, you know, um, you know, I, I, you know, maturity as it went on. But I stopped taking it because I read like the horrible things about it, you know. And so I was like, oh, I'm not taking it no more. You know, I'm not doing that. But as I'm older, I'm like, I really want to go back on it. Like, I kind of want my body to look more mature. I want to look a little bit more mature, you know, because like, you know, I'm maybe 30, but I feel like I probably won't take me seriously because I look younger. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I want to take it now. But since I have a blood clot in my leg due to falling and uh, everything, I can't take it at the moment. So I'm just like, I really, really wish I could take it again. Yeah. Yeah. HRT is, whew. I remember when I first started on mine, it, it had such a impact on how I emotionally felt. And 
I think for me, you hit the nail on the head with the pills being not perfect. <laughs> to, put it, <laughs> yes. to put it lightly. Um, yeah. I also had the best experience I've had so far on the patch. Um, and I do think it's something that that would be the biggest area I would love more research and knowledge on is the hormone side of it. And like the impact of the options that they give us. Because that scenario where my doctor brushed aside my stomach hurting when I took my medicine, it was on the pill and it was because of how high the estrogen was. And it's things like that, that I feel like we don't yet know or not putting enough attention to perfecting how individual we are and putting that on the hormone aspect of everything too. Oh yeah, I agree. I feel that, you know, because we, you know, have transgender and I feel like our bodies do know it. And so when we put estrogen in our bodies, and I feel like the doctors only give us the normal amount that a woman who doesn't have children would have. But for us, because our body's like, wait, you're not supposed to have that. I feel like we were meant to have a little bit more or less than what, you know, an average woman would have. You know, like my, you know, estrogen my sister might have might be too much if I was take the same kind of dosage, um, you know, cause you know, that she has naturally because it's just, it might be too much for me. And I asked them about it and they're just like, oh, that's as low as we can go. And they say, but we can't, it goes lower in a patch. And I'm thinking, well, I think the pill should go lower too than just the patch going lower. And I felt like I had more control over my emotions for sure, being on the patch versus estrogen. But then they became that, you know, a reaction for it being on the skin. So I started getting a rash because of it. So I'm like, ugh. Yeah, it's... That and that didn't start being a rough thing for me until I became an adult. I think, I think part of it is probably just our bodies change as we get older. So yeah. like my hormones probably changed and I needed to readjust anyways. Yeah. But I, and individually looking at estrogen and progesterone levels instead of having them all in one pill in that generic level is important too. You know, we aren't taking it for the birth control aspect of it. So those levels matter way more for us to be more specific. Oh yeah. Uh, And everybody's case is different. Like you were saying, like, you know, only because, you know, another children or woman might be taking more than the next doesn't mean everybody, it works for everybody. Absolutely. Because I feel like, and this is, This is where I try not to say too much of what I know is my opinion versus what I can like verify by fact or research. But I suspect that if you tested all of us without anything helping our hormone levels, we would all be making our own varying different levels of it and not just a flat all of it, because that's how you get like some spontaneously are able to conceive and have that development still, or that function still preserved while others do not. Oh yeah, I agree with that. 
I, I know one girl who has zero and I have higher than that. And I'm just like, what does this mean? <laughs> you know, yeah. for me going forward. So it's very interesting for sure. Yeah. And that can be, I mean, it was a bit when I started actually struggling with like what the best HRT for me was, it was a bit of an emotional journey. Oh no. Because, you know, you're trying different stuff. And of course that's, <laughs> that's shifting your hormones. So that doesn't help. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it was. And I didn't expect that. That was a part of things that kind of blindsided me. Yeah, I was told one time my my skirt was ugly and I just remember dramatically falling to the ground and just crying. <laughs> I'm like, what is wrong with me? Because without estrogen, I don't usually, um, I'm not as emotional. Like I do get, like I do cry and stuff like that, but it's not, if someone says, oh yeah, your skirt is ugly, I'd be like, well, <laughs> you know, go do something then. I don't know, who cares? Don't look at it then or something versus just, bawling my eyes out because someone said my experience was ugly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I can always tell when I'm, cause I have to be honest about not always being perfect with taking my HRT or doing what I should. So when I've given myself too long of not being consistent with it, <laughs> I notice because I cry at like everything. Like I'm just yeah. constantly on the verge of tears if I'm not good and consistent and didn't used to be that way. <laughs> no, uh, I can definitely agree. I would, every little thing that would make me, like even things that would make me cry naturally, I would cry tenfold because, because of it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, oh man, <laughs> the, the commercials on the TV, like just so much way too easily <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah so what would you say is the biggest thing with turners that surprised you that kind of you didn't expect um that there's actually people out there like me and not just a few like an actual a lot amount because I was always told by doctors that I, I, it's very rare and me finding anybody who has that it's like needle in the haystack because it's so rare and I was like, oh, okay. And I used to think like, oh, am I the only one here? Like, that has it? Like, I, I feel like I'm the only one, you know? And so um, when I started joining the community and everything, and I saw how many people were in these groups, I'm like, what? There's actually, like, all these people? I was actually shocked. It, it, that really did surprise me. Yeah. And then, and then from then, the more knowledge I'm getting um, than I ever knew before growing up is also still surprising. And I like the fact that like, I'm able to go on these groups and ask, Hey, have you been through this? Have you been through that? Trying to get more majority, you know, see if anybody has experience with that or is it just mostly me? Um, yeah, we all are different. So I try to take that accountability, I guess we're all different. So what's going on with me might sound similar, but it might not be the same situation. So I try to take everybody's in account and see, if, you know, and go from there. <laughs> Yeah, that's been, oh man, being in the Facebook group has taught yeah. me so much just from reading everybody's stories. Oh yeah, for sure. It's very touching. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And oh my gosh, I th think the ones that I always get emotional with is the moms posting. Um, <laughs> I'm just always like, I don't know. It just, it hits so much more close to home for me. Yeah. Like, oh. 
yeah because it makes you think like did you you know did my parents go through the same thing yeah did did my parents think this way and then you start you don't start thinking about that like okay that's kind of sad that you thought of like that but hey you know the outcome is you know definitely better yeah it's oh man being able to read other parents stories has been something interesting too because some things I've shared with like my mom when we've been talking that I've read on there from other parents and she's like oh yeah and I I would have never thought that that like I'd never heard that part of it or whatever and yeah I love being connected in that way and I don't think it was something I realized I needed until I had it yeah oh yeah I, I can I can definitely vouch for that because, you know, not being like not seeing other people's point of view on how they had it, like how they became diagnosed with it, definitely gave me a different perspective. Because like when I was growing up, I that didn't that wasn't accessible to me ever. So I like the fact that like I get to go on the groups and read different people's you know different you know just different way of come you know coming over it. Like I've heard somebody who got diagnosed at like eighteen. And I was like shocked. I go, really? Yeah. That was really different. I remember the first time I found out about a story where this woman didn't find out she had Turner syndrome until she couldn't get pregnant. (laughs) And I'm like, wait, that's a thing? And it is. It is not. I mean, it's probably not the most common experience, but it is also not the rarest experience, I don't think. That's right. Yeah, it's very interesting. It really is because you learn more from it as well, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And sharing resources is also like one of my favorite things, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm always going to TSSUS website and just like looking at different like specialists that they suggest from their website and I'm like I need to like go there but they're like two hours out of town and I'm like no yeah so I know I was just um looking at leaping butterfly ministries and I know you had mentioned I think you had said you had almost gone deaf I don't know if you struggle with your hearing now um, not really, but they said that my left ear is, you know, a lot less of hearing than my right. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Is that just because you had more ear infections in that ear? Um, yeah. Yeah. They, they said it was all this, cause I have built up scar tissue. Okay. Yeah. And then my one, my, my uh, primary doctor, when I lived in Florida, um, she thought I had an ear infection and my ears felt fine. And I know what an ear infection feels like. And then she... Um, just kept pulling things out of my ear and she said it was an infection but I kind of thought maybe it was actually this built up scar tissue that she was pulling out oh wow thinking. yeah because I never never had a fever my ears never turned bright red they never hurt or anything like that I still took it just in case maybe it was starting on something but I really believe that she was pulling scar tissue out because you know with just the lack of knowledge I think she had I don't think she quite understood um all about what was my medical history yeah yeah so um the reason I even brought that up is I found out they um well not 
just now, but when I first started looking into stuff to potentially have to get hearing aids at some point, I found out Leaping Butterfly Ministry has a really incredible hearing aid scholarship. Oh, okay. So that was just a little tidbit I wanted to share. I have mid, moderate, mid-frequency hearing loss, which is like the worst because it's the frequency that everybody talks at. Yeah. It's the hardest one to have conversations with, but. Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing. Is there anything you wanted to mention or share before we wrap up? No, I think, you cover, I think you pretty much covered everything that I think people should know, for okay. sure. It's been so great talking with you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing. Of course, thank you so much. <laughs> Have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Coffee and Turner Syndrome. If you would like to support the podcast, I do have listener support set up on Anchor. And if you'd like to leave me a voice message, I would love to hear from you. Don't forget, you can find the video version of this podcast on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brooktv. Make sure you're subscribed so you see when the next one comes out. And I will see you guys in the next episode.